Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club. Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake, BJ Shea. Yes, you do. We've got running the boards, Joey D. Hey. And hi. Uh, on today's <laughs> show, we're going to be talking board games. Woo! Did Joe flip a table? Two we'll tables. have to find out. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll talk about a plot hole in Back to the Future that got cleared up. What? Yeah, by some people you may not have expected. We might get to that more. And, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Ah. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. More, more, more. More, or just search for BJ Shay's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Radio.com app, and iTunes to find us. Exactly. Uh, now, Wednesday is typically comic book day, but there's been kind of, uh, well, the problem with no new comics coming out. Yeah, I think it's finally hit a lot of the, the comic book industry, and they're just, I haven't read why, but they're not coming out. I mean, Spider-Man's yeah. usually every two weeks, and uh, that's not It's happening. a lot of the stay-at-home orders, yeah. um, and just the distributors are having issues, like, all of it, like everything going down, is just a lot of problems. A lot of the uh, local comic book stores are not open right now. Yeah, uh, so it's just difficult to go do like any of that. I give them, a, I give them a lot of credit, the comic book industry, because you still could release the comicsology if you wanted to, but that would be really hard on the FL uh, on on the friendly local comic stores. Yes, uh, if they did that, but that, but, but I'm not getting that on comicsology either. So they are for whatever reason a pretty and and this is across. I mean, I read just like six or seven titles in different, you know, and you've got Image and you've got you know obviously Marvel and DC and uh, Skybound, all those, and they're just like, yeah, none of us are putting stuff out right now. At least at least with the, none of my six are out, and it's just. I get it. Like, there's, you're just going to have to figure out some other entertainment. If you've got your older issues. Well, luckily you do. There's some trades out there. There's yeah. a lot of stuff that you can go check out. Uh, maybe this might be the time for you to get, like, the uh, Marvel Unlimited Pass, where you can just read a whole bunch of old issues. Oh, yeah. And I believe the DC Universe, the uh, animated one, uh, mm-hmm. you can actually read comics through that, too. Really? Yeah, they said huh. read uh, the first, you know, issue or something. Wow. Well, so either I'm way, man, that's that's pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, there's so many different ways you can go back and binge. And that's the beautiful thing. Binge comic reading is a thing. That's a fact. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I've got, uh, I still have volume two of Saga to get through. Oh, yeah, you do. And then probably figure out ways to pick up uh, the other ones. I know that down in Tacoma, Washington, where I live, Destiny City Comics is still being able to do um, curbside pickup or delivery. And you got to... Go if you go check out Destiny City Comics and uh, look on their website. All the information is there. But Ethan's an amazing guy. We're gonna hopefully get him on soon to talk about stuff and just kind of like those older issues since new ones aren't coming out. 
But that also means that we've got a little bit more time, BJ, to talk about board games. Well, that Garfield guy took up our whole board game show. I don't know why he thought he would be able to take up the whole show talking oh, board games. Oh, that was so cool. It was just amazing to be able to talk with him about, like... Mm-hmm. You nerd. I know. And literally, he could take up multiple shows because of all the great games he's made. So oh, yeah. Really, I mean, oh, it, was, yeah. it was funny to just go down the list of, like, man, the guy made so many games. <laughs> so what have you been playing lately? Well, I'm talking about another guy that, you know, uh, a lot of people would put on the Richard Garfield le- uh, level. Uh, and I don't know if he would do it himself, but he is very well respected in the game industry. And his name is Eric M. Lang. Uh, mm. Eric Lang, ladies and gentlemen, who, uh, if you talk to Sean or Josh from the Board Game Alliance, uh, they, uh, of course, just love this guy. He made games like Blood Rage. He made games like oh, Chaos yeah. in the Old World, which is a wonderful game that is so hard to get your hands on. Uh, he made Rising Sun. And I bring up Blood Rage Rising Sun because the trilogy is complete, supposedly. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he's, he's making battle games, if you will, area control, battle games, whatever you want to, you know, that style of game. But it's based on these awesome cultural times in human history. So Blood Rage was based about the, was based on the Vikings and uh, feudal Japan, I believe, is what uh, Rising Sun was based on. And now we've got Ankh, the Gods of Egypt, which is on oh. Kickstarter right now. Uh, and it's got a few days left, so you have time to go check. Time to go check this out, or you could uh, ask my buddy Ethan over at Zulu's Board Game Cafe. They are backing it on a retail level, and they can get you anything you want as well. And they pay shipping, so you actually will get it even a little cheaper. Than it. So uh, go to uh, Zulu's Board Game Cafe, uh, search for it on the internet's, and uh, get in touch with Ethan and say, "Hey, our BJ said I could back Ankh. Can I?" Uh, you get to play as a god of ancient Egypt competing to survive as society begins to forget the old ways so that only you and your followers remain. Which, uh, you know, I love that about the gods. Why did the gods lose power? Because people lost faith. Yeah. Uh, which has been explored in so many genres. One of my favorite Star Trek episodes is the one about Apollo, who mourns for Adonis. It's a wonderful old school episode. It's one of the best Star Trek episodes because it is the story of gods who uh, who left, but this one god, Apollo, said, no, I think I can still get people to believe in me, and people don't believe in him, and it's a really sad, tragic Aww. episode of this god's life. Does Mr. Wednesday make an appearance? That's what no. I was going to say. <laughs> no. this, is, uh, this is the Greek situation, so Mr. Wednesday isn't in this. Uh, yeah, it's old school Star Trek, but I love that. I love when you have that sort of explored when the gods leave, and that's what this game Ankh does. Uh, and, of course, the miniatures are insane. Yeah, Cool uh, Minier not is helping out with this one. Yeah, it's a Come On game, and, uh, of course, Eric, I think, was signed up for Come On to do some games, and... And uh, this, it, it's got, it's got really uh, deities and monsters. These are amazing. Yeah, beautiful illustrations. Uh, a, a, a reshapeable board, like the board does have areas that you control, but the boundaries change in this game, uh, and uh, th- so that makes it really interesting. As uh, you just will have, and the and the mechanisms are different on how the game works. There are videos out there, some great interviews that have been done with Eric about this game, so you can search YouTube for those videos. But look, it's an Eric Lang gang if you are an eric lang fan of course you're going to get this game of course i kicked it because well what yes it's really interesting i don't have rising sun because my buddy josh does and Mm -hmm. anytime we only play that game is so i thought well what's crazy for me to get this game because he's got it but i have blood rage and uh love blood rage a lot and rising sun is a great game too I, i i love blood rage a little bit more than rising sun but rising sun is a great game 
Uh, I'm looking for, and Chaos in the Old World. If you ever get a chance to play that game, it's it's a master. It's really masterpiece of a game too that I wish they would reissue. Now, um, now one of the is, is the things about this is even on the Kickstarter, it says that this is uh, you know essentially the trilogy. Do all of these games play the same? It's kind of it like themes? no, it's not. They don't play the oh, same at all. Okay, okay. It's kind of like the Cornetto, you know, with uh, all right, yeah. You know, they're all different movies uh, that yeah. featuring. So this is basically all these Eric Lang gangs that 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 have some sort of form of area control in them all. Okay, There's okay. some area control in Blood Rage, but it's very different than the area control in Rising Sun. This one here has some form of area control, but it's different because the areas will shift. And I think that's a clever mechanic. The one thing they all have in common is pretty cool minis. I oh, mean, yeah. And I'm not even going to say or not. They're cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, they recently did a Blood Rage. They're doing a Blood Rage. Well, they've done a Blood Rage digital, and uh, they're going to actually put Blood Rage on. on it's going to be on a, a game that you can buy. I already have it or and, and will have it because I backed it. But uh, I got to get golden, like golden gods. I have a golden Odin and a golden Thor that Ooh. takes place. And when you put it in these different provinces, uh, these different lands of uh, Blood Rage, it has an effect on the game, but they just look so sweet. Yeah. Uh, and that was a special version that I got recently because the I had the old copies, but hey, these are gold plated. Of course <laughs> I'm gonna get these. <laughs> you need the upgrades. Uh, but that's so that's what you have in common. Great minis, area control, good battle mechanisms that are very, very different from each other. And this one is no different. But I think if you love the trilogy, I could see saying, Hey, this weekend we're gonna play all three, but of course you're gonna have to kick Unk. That yep. you got to get that Gods of Egypt, which is on Kickstarter right now. Yeah, well, right now, up until this Monday. So you've only got a short amount of time, Monday, oh, May 4th, Do it. to be able to get that. Do but, it. I mean, with all C- uh, CMON games, they sell them afterwards. Come on. Like, you'll be able to get them later on but if you miss out on this, but you won't get those special won't Kickstarter get the versions. Fancy ones, yeah. Is it May 4th a special day? Uh, yeah, it's my birthday. Oh, but hey, also, bro. may the 4th be with you. Mm-hmm. And may the Ankh be with you, Rev. Ooh, Who knows? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> we should get Rev the game, so that's another game that he won't play. Hey, I uh, play games. He has a Rev has a wonderful game that I want to play. Which is another, which is another cool mini or not game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he doesn't play. Yeah, yeah. World of small. Just let it sit on the shelf and collect. I got the fancy uh, Kickstarter version. It's got like gold plated cards. I could get the regular version. You could gold plated. Yeah, but I don't want the regular version. No, no, I've got it. And maybe someday, or maybe someday, I'm going to buy a regular version. Go over to your house and switch copies. Maybe you won't even know until because you're never going to play the yeah. game. Yeah, good luck with that one. That's going to be a. It'll be funny. It's like seven years down the line. I decide to open it up. It's like, hey, wait, uh, wait a tick. Hey. I just gave somebody a really good here. idea. I hope somebody doesn't do that because you'll be looking to me as the criminal. I absolutely I will be. I was, what is BJ's like villain calling card that he leaves in there so you know it was him? Oh. Yeah. Oh, you think I'm like the Riddler? I'll yeah. just leave yeah. a clue. You'll leave a clue yeah, right there. Yeah. It'll be a Riddler card. <laughs> I'm going to be smarter than a Batman villain. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, you got any other board games you want to bring up? Well, I wanted to bring this up because, as you know, Joey D's my son, because of the lockdown, we've been playing a lot of games together as father-son. Brings me back to the old days Aww. when we used to travel around and play Magic a lot. Uh, and so I've been exposing him to every bloody game that I have. Uh, currently, we're in the space theme, and uh, we have another game we're going to be playing again. I want to see what he thinks of uh, a game called The Silver River, which was by Robert Burke. It's a 4X game. Uh, but we played a different 4X game uh, by not Sandy Peterson, but Peter Sanderson uh, <laughs> from Australia, who we actually had on this podcast. And it was uh, the second version of Mothership, a game he had made before, uh, but he basically redesigned it, uh, basically artistically redesigned it, added a couple of uh, units. 
Patriots and made it a, a little bit of a different game, but for the most part, the same game. And Mothership is also a 4X game, but it is a very lighthearted, it's got a lot of humor in a lot of the cards that it has in the game, and it is light on mechanics, light on weight, but heavy on fun. This is a game for my buddy Sean from Think 12 Games. Sean doesn't like Twilight Imperium because there's just not enough battling. He loves ah, to fight. He's okay. like, my God, I have all these ships and I build up all this technology and we never really fight anybody. Uh, and it takes too long. Well, Mothership is like, hey, it's got two versions. One is, hey, listen, it's just last man standing, deathmatch, they call it, where, mm-hmm, nice. uh, where you have a limited amount of ships. I think you have like six to seven ships total, and then you have a colony base. And at this colony base, that's where all your people are. I guess you just they, they left the planet, and they're in this, in this colony station. If that station gets destroyed in the deathmatch mode, you are out of the game. Ooh. So it's player elimination. And it uh, can play up to six players. You can actually play up to eight players if you can somehow finagle, get the app, and use the app in order to emulate your game board, uh, your player boards. And they did give me enough stuff to play with eight players. Uh, So you could do that. So it's just a free-for-all crazy thing. But you can also play victory point mode, which I like because it's not player elimination. So, you know, the game is over at the same time for everybody. That's the one we played not once but twice. We never completed either session of the game because we just went longer and Joey had to go. Ah, uh, okay. Um, and Joey, uh, I really like this game. It's chaotic. There is definitely a lot of luck bomber things that can happen in the game. He and I have different philosophies about that, and I would say you got to play a full game before you can really be judgmental about any game. So, we have yet to do that. So, Joe, how, uh, how, how is it going with you uh, not being judgmental about the game? So I want to preface this <laughs> with saying go. that I have looked online, scoured the internet, and not found a single video of anyone who's played this game non-deathmatch. So I think a lot of the cards and the mechanics aren't built for this version of the game, though it does exist. Mm-hmm. That being said, the first time we played it, I'm not going to count because we didn't play it correctly. So yeah. that's not a fair assessment Shocking. of the game. My right? bad. <laughs> uh, but I did like it the first time in terms of what I thought it was going to try to do. Second time around, oh boy. Uh, I don't like the the special quests they have in the game because some of them do nothing and some of them give you a huge advantage. So for instance, <clears throat> we played a three person game. Uh-huh. My quests, my special quests that I got did nothing. Uh, the special quest that our, our, th- our third player got did nothing. BJ's special quest let him move an additional eight spaces, get a free victory point and three resources and a planet. That's a lot. Yeah, but see, well, that seems like a t- lot. He's not going to tell you the whole story. That's the problem because the victory point is temporary. <laughs> oh, ha- because if you don't control that planet at any time in the game, you lose the point, and the person that controls the planet gets it. Okay, so there's that. Um, he here's the thing. He and I will go around in circles about this. Uh, I have played more chaotic games than I think he has, and, and I don't mm-hmm. think my I don't think Joey likes chaotic games. He likes games where you can strategically look at it and everything makes sense, and there's not a lot of wild variants. We have I have players that are like that. My buddy Byron's like that. He hates. He calls them. Luck-based games. I hate luck-based games. <laughs> and he's right. What happened for me was definitely a luck-based scenario, but I don't think that Mothership says they're not that. I mean, I think they're like, hey, this is a wild, crazy free-for-all. 
In in the long haul, if you're in the long haul for this game, deathmatch or even victory point mode to 20 points, I think it does even out, but we've never played to 20 points. We've played to 10 <laughs> max, and that's half a game. Yeah. And if you flip a coin for 30 minutes, if you actually flip it for an hour, you're going to have, it's going to come around a little bit better if you do that. And just to think about it on that end as well, if you're playing the deathmatch mode, if somebody gets a massive bonus, suddenly everyone can turn on that person and I consider like maybe like a focus fire sort of thing at that end. And like suddenly I have all the bonuses. And you're like, well, now I'm going to kill you. So maybe that would change it. Well, in deathmatch, here's the thing with deathmatch and, and and then victory point mode. Your ships get to respawn in victory point mode. Yeah. In deathmatch mode, you've got, like I said, six or seven ships for the whole game. Mm-hmm. If they go, they're done. done. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a much different game. Not that I play deathmatch, but uh, even Peter Sanderson has said it's a much different game if you play deathmatch. Whereas victory point mode, hey, well, what do I care if I lose this ship? Uh, you know, it's going to come back. Uh, if you lose your mothership, it comes back at half power, which is not as good as full power. Yeah. But you do get it back. The only thing that doesn't come back is your colony station. If that goes, that goes. But you're still in the game with victory point mode. I haven't played deathmatch. Haven't played a full victory point mode game. Uh, I know that uh, my daughter's boyfriend liked it. I liked it. And then, of course, Joey Dees is like, eh. I have problems with It's very much like Risk. It's like Space Risk. That's okay. what it is. But yeah. you only get six units. But So in my head, like people say chaos, right? I don't see chaos. I see math. I just do the math and I go, well, if I'm a 40% chance to kill your ship and you have a 60% chance to kill my ship, I probably shouldn't fight you. And so that first, that was the first just, turn. Like, running around in circles. The first turn, <laughs> he pulled that card and it just put him into a spot where it was like, well, we can never really fight him. Yeah. Because he's always going to be favorited and he gets more resources. So all of a sudden, like, it's just an uphill battle from there for us. The chaos that I would have to swing around would mean that the other cards would have to give us a really big bonus. And I just don't like that my work that I'm doing in the game, exploring planets and vying for position in space, is so easily overturned by a single card that we're all going to have a random chance at getting. And that's where I think we have to play the game more than just half a game. And yeah. I also, yeah, it sounds like that, actually. And I also have played a lot more chaotic games. And there is a strategy, actually, you can find it. But it's tough to change one person's way they view the world, which is, that card shouldn't be there. But I have played a game called Zaya. And yeah. Zaya is very great. much the same way. Okay, you yeah. you you think you're losing. I mean, I saw somebody <laughs> get blown up in Zaya the first three, the, the, their first three turns, their ship exploded. Did so they, they literally they were like, the sun? "You're like okay." So they basically wasted three turns doing yeah, nothing. Yeah, and they won the game. Oh. See, because because you play Zaya long enough to twenty points, yeah, all the variants true, will actually, even yeah. out. But that can drive a person crazy if they're used to. Is this how the game is going to be forever? And I've literally watched because I've played Zaya with you, BJ. I've literally watched you turn one, fly into the sun. Exactly, it's possible, and it's just like, oh, great! So this is where it's going to go. And I don't know if you won because it was a while ago, but you ended up. If you didn't win that game, I knew you ended up high. So like, there's. That random factor can be absolutely infuriating. And I was just like Joe with Zaya. We played one game where I thought for sure there was a broken mechanic that my buddy Byron had. I go, my God, you put those two things with the new expansion. Oh, my, you just went, you wrecked house. He goes, hey, next game you can have it. I won't even take it. You take it. I go, I'll show you. (laughs) And I just did poorly. (laughs) So it's like, okay, I'm learning that, you know what, some games are just so chaotic, but you still can find the strategy and the chaos. If you're, you know, if you look and if you're patient enough, uh, I love the game a lot, and uh, it was everything I hoped for. And I want to play with my buddies, like Sean and Josh. They're very excited to play this game. 
So I don't know. I don't you know might have to put it on the shelf. We're playing. To, we're playing today because uh, uh, my my daughter's boyfriend said, "Can we play a two player version?" So he oh, likes wow. it. Oh wow! He says, "I just want to see how a full game plays out." And I go, "That's fair." Sorry, sorry, Joe. You've been usurped. Also, side note on that: when you play a three player game that you're supposed to have elimination in, it's tough. Absolutely, because people end up getting ganged up anyways. So yeah. I can understand that too. Totally, absolutely. And I think it sounds like it would be more fun with uh, like four or more. At that or point. four, and, yeah, six. Oh hell yeah! Oh yeah. yeah. And they even say in the game in in, in uh, Mothership, they say, which by the way, I should tell you, you can get from Peterson Games. Uh, yeah, you. It's uh, it, they say it's best at five to six. It, but it, it really, you know, it really you can play two to six in this game. Uh, I, I like it a lot. It's a quick 4X game. It does scratch a lot of the itches that 4Xs do. There, There's exploration. There's definitely exploitation. And there is extermination. <laughs> and there's expansion. So they do have the 4Xs, but he does it quick. And my buddy Sean would love it because you get victory points for blowing ships up. You also get minerals <laughs> for blowing ships up. So blowing ships up are a good thing in this game. Uh, and if you do eliminate a player... The game is over. So even in the victory point mode, you can end the game by eliminating a player. So you got to be careful that you don't eliminate a player because you go, oh, my God, like, you know, Joe's ahead with 15 points and I have 10. I have to go protect the yellow player. Otherwise, the game's going to be over. Oh, damn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on from that, thank you guys very much, by the way. And again, it uh, Ankh, Gods of Egypt and Mothership. Both of those are out there. Uh, I know that we love talking, and uh, nerds always love uh, bitching about uh, plot holes. <laughs> yeah. But the debate no. about an apparent plot hole in Back to the Future recently reignited amid the popular social media trend of the five perfect movies. And this is where people put out their their perfect movie. And what started as a fun Twitter list of the top five movies suggestions, uh, uh, movie suggestions to watch during quarantine turned into serious business when actual filmmakers and stars begin to debate on what makes a film perfect. James Gunn, who's been all over this, uh, all over mm. Twitter just talking about movies and stuff, argued via Twitter that a perfect film can be different from a favorite film or a great film. A perfect film is something that sings from start to finish with no obvious mistakes, whether they be aesthetic or structural, there's no logical lapses. And then he pointed out to 1985's Back to the Future writing, Back to the Future seemingly would be in Perfect. Why, Ma why don't mom and dad remember Marty? But I would still argue that it's a perfect film because there are reasons why this could conceivably be the case. Time protects itself from unraveling, etc. Or maybe I'm in denial. Who knows? And then one of the stars of a James Gunn movie, Guardians of the Galaxy, Chris Pratt, decided to chime in, oh, really? explaining the best as he saw it, which I actually agree with. He says, maybe they do remember him, though, not as Marty, but as Calvin. When Marty returns to present day 1985, it could have been years since his parents would have perhaps originally noted the uncanny resemblance between their son and that kid from high school 20 years previous. Guess what? Chris Pratt is correct. Bob Gale, who is the screenwriter for Back to the Future, settled the debate once and for all, nice. telling The Hollywood Reporter, quote, bear in mind that George and Lorraine only knew Marty slash Calvin for eight days when they were 17, and they didn't even see him every day, every one of those eight days. So many years later, they still might remember that interesting kid who got them together on their first date. He continued, but I would ask anyone to think back on their own high school days and ask themselves how well they might remember a kid who might have been at their school for even a semester or someone you went out with just one time. If you had no photo reference after 25 years, you probably would have a, raise, a hazy recollection as well. 
So Lorraine and George might think it's funny that they once actually met someone named Calvin Klein. And even if they thought that their son at age 16 or 17 had some resemblance to him, it wouldn't be that big of a deal. I bet most of us could look through our high school yearbooks and find photos of our teenage classmates that bear some resemblance to our children. Because they were not aware he was from the future. Yeah. I think that's the key. Exactly. So they're not looking for it. And, you know, you plus you grow up with that child. Like the child is looking like a little version of himself and a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. So your brain is thinking, this is my kid. My kid looks like this. Mm -hmm. If anything, you might be like, you know, that kid looks like, like, oh, you know, Calvin looks like my kid as opposed to my kid looks like Calvin. Yeah. Because you just have ownership of that. I know there's a guy in my life, and I've always, because I love time travel, there was a guy (laughs) in my life who I think... What if that was me? I can't remember what he looks like, but he was a he was an older gentleman that came around and gave me all sorts of fun little st- science fiction cards, and he was a friend of the family, and I know his name and everything, and I've never seen or heard about him ever again. And I always like the thought, what if that was me being cool to me because nobody was back then? It was me coming wow. back. I can't tell you what he looks like. But right? if he, he could have easily looked like what I look like now. So I like to imagine that was me going back to him. Don't worry, kid. Here's a couple of sci-fi cards. Life's going to be okay. Aww. So I can eat. So like I'm, I don't know who that guy is. Right? That guy easily could have been Marty. Is BJ <laughs> saying he was his own superhero? Yeah. Could be. Yeah. yeah. So I go with that. <laughs> I totally go with that. I don't remember what this dude, but I remember. Do you remember kind of how old he was? Yeah, I was, I, I could have been between six and 10 years old, but I remember the guy's name and I remember he used to give me sci-fi stuff. So it was like, I love this guy because he gets me. Whereas everybody else in my family thought I was a weirdo. Yeah. Um, and yet. I don't know what he looks like. I can't tell you what he looks like. I, can't, oh, I have no wow. memory. Oh, yeah. That was totally you, bro. Yeah. Was, <laughs> totally you. I don't know when I do this, because it hasn't happened yet, but I can't wait. Yeah. I just Once we get that whole time travel figured just out. i got to figure that out. Someone's <laughs> got to do that for me. Or either that number five is going to take me with me. Take me with him sometime. <laughs> well, while you work out that and the details on that, it's time to get to... The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky? Mm-hmm. What do you want to talk about? Your favorite character of all time. Thanos? Yes. All right. Is it possible that we could maybe see Thanos again in the MCU? Why not? Uh, Well, the creator of Thanos had some thoughts. Oh, Jim Starlin? Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Uh, He said, uh, well, I understand that the story's not completely ended. They've already announced that. I think a young Thanos appearing in the Eternals. I remember reading that somewhere. They made a... Crap load of money, paraphrasing, <laughs> off this guy, so I don't see them retiring him anytime soon. Comic book characters tend to have an extended lifespan beyond the actors who work on them. And I'm half expecting to see much more Thanos down the line. Oh, man, yeah. Mm. This would be amazing. Would you still want Josh Brolin to play him, or would you want like a much younger Thanos? I want Josh Brolin to do it. Uh, I thought he did it really well. And I mean, now with, I mean, first off, Thanos was CG anyway. Mm hmm. So why not have him do it? But I'm trying to picture like pre pubescent Thanos, like, <laughs> I want the stouts. <laughs> It's Stop that. Yes, no, no, I can't no. crack my voice. Is that, hey, how he, is hey, that what he would do? Yeah. You can know. have a younger Thanos without having him being an angsty would he, preteen. Would he have hair? <laughs> <laughs> well, there, no, well, you joke about that, but people were talking about uh, in the movie that he's got like the stubble. So to say that he actually probably at some point had hair, I kind of want to see like Thanos with like a nerdy like 
like one of those grade school afros, you know, where you're just completely awkward. See, I was hoping the bowl cut. Oh, that's universal. the bowl cut. Yeah, that would be I don't better. know which one's worse. Yeah. I really don't. Dude, Ugh. a Thanos origin story would be cool, though, because they kind of talk about the god of death a little bit, right? Or the goddess of death mm-hmm. in the series with those, like, kind of weird magey guys. If you remember from, I think it was the first one where they invade New York. Yeah. Those premonitions. Like, that'd be a cool... He's kind of a good guy, but then he gets swayed by the goddess of death, and then he, and then all of a sudden you're like, boom! Now go watch Infinity Wars. Well, or that, something. that was the whole idea behind, um, behind like behind the whole Infinity War. Like he was supposed to end everything, not because he wants to create balance. It was because he wanted to show his love to the goddess of death. But they didn't write that into the story, so I don't know if that how they would tie that in. I mean, they could. But that that doesn't fall, that doesn't track. Yeah, they made they, they changed made it. it. They, they really made it look like he was just trying to basically preserve the the limited resource universe that we were in, and, and nobody will ever starve if we have enough for everybody. But we have to kill half the people to have enough for everybody. Was yeah. what I remember. It was to be. It was more merciful than this was just to impress the goddess of death. My question is, I wonder if death is um like before the whole merger and stuff wasn't a uh, part of the MCU rights because I know Deadpool ends up getting married to her. What? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the comic book it gets it gets weird. Huh. I oh, yeah. normal I imagine Deadpool. That. So I don't know if she's like along with Deadpool and that's why they couldn't have rights to her and they changed it this way, but yeah, fun fact. Yeah, it'd be <laughs> awesome though because the stones got destroyed but we never saw them be destroyed, so they could do whatever they want with mm-hmm. that storyline. And can you really destroy the Infinity Stones really? Well, I mean, you're Can supposed you? to. I mean, it's movies, so you get to write what you want to write. Yeah. The one thing that kind of is interesting to me at this point, if they're going to potentially have a young Thanos, it would mean that the Eternals were around for a long time. Then why didn't they help out with like the Infinity War or Endgame or anything along those lines? Yeah, like, a, wouldn't they have a presence at that point? They had like yeah. appointments and stuff. Oh, yeah, very important yeah. things to go on as opposed to you know the entirety of it's the all timey wimey wibbly wobbly. Yeah, we'll have to see how they work out with that. Uh, moving along, everyone's I feel like has been giving us their uh, their list of what the movies and shows they're watching and binging and it's kind of awesome to see what celebrities are really enjoying right now and maybe you know suggesting mm-hmm. uh, one of the latest was Guillermo del, Tor- del Toro I, oh. like, I'm switching between like trying to say it in Spanish <laughs> and trying to say it in English I like the way you say it in Spanish what's it in Spanish again? Guillermo del Toro oh that's del Toro I know and it's not even a double R del Toro still better than anybody who said it no it's a Toro Toro means bull it's not a donkey that's a lot uh, burro is donkey. Oh, yeah. You don't want to be a burro. That? You want to be a toro. I am a donkey. <laughs> it is also <laughs> a delicious food item. Anywho, he is known for having some really interesting imagery and artistic style, but mm-hmm. I love it. Um, so people have asked him, like, what is he reading? What are you watching? Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, and, like, all that fun stuff. And he says, uh, I've been reading in no particular order, Grind Show, the select writings of William Lindsay uh, Gresham. As you may or may not know, Gresham wrote Nightmare Alley. His output in literature was small and his life in many ways full of questions and mysteries. And when you find someone with a small but incredibly deep output on film, I I can think of Gene Vigo on books, Harper Lee, or in a different way, Capote, and on paintings, perhaps Vermeer. Mm, Then the promise... The temptation is to dwell longer on each piece you can access. So I have been sustained largely by the Criterion Channel, Netflix, iTunes, etc. On the Criterion Channel, you can swim in joyful pools, watch A Woman's Face by Gustav Molander, the base of the uh, Cukor remake of Joan Crawford, or Il Posto 
by Hermano Olami. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot of fancy stuff. Yeah, it sure is. Fancy he's, stuff. he's like way over my head, but you know, it's because right? he's cultured. But he does have a few other ones, just kind of, you know, skimming through these. Um, with the kids, I've been watching Singing in the Rain. Oh. Rear Window and other bulletproof he's stuff. He's watching Rear Window with the kids. How I don't old know are his how, kids? I don't know, but he's older, so. Oh, okay. Well, maybe his kids. Because, yeah, I was like, well, Singing in the Rain is a fun movie, I guess. You could watch with the kids. I was like, Rear Window is like, people die. Yeah, right. Uh, this one cra- uh, cracks me up. Also, I watch a lot of Chopped and end up cooking. Nice. Oh. He also says he loved the third season of Ozark. I we uh, the wife and I are watching that. We haven't gotten through uh, the full season yet. I think we're on to like episode three, uh, but it's not necessarily geeky. But I I really do love it, and it's been a great ride so far. And uh, funny enough, this uh, prompted Dar- uh, Darren Aronofsky to kind of give oh, his contribution. Good old Darren. Uh, it's a uh, Guillermo del Toro. Nice to be talking. I've been catching up on a lot of classics watched so far. Barton Fink, Emil Rashomon, the Total Recall original and reading Thoreau Walden and Pablo Nureda. Oh, I was thinking about watching Total Recall this week, as a matter of fact. Oh, so I've Get your ass to Mars, buddy. Yeah. So that's the one movie and, uh, <laughs> or piece of art out of all those two that I know what they're talking about. <laughs> I know, right? Mickey's <laughs> listening to all these things. I'm like, yeah. oh, I think I've heard that once. I'm doing maybe. one of those things, Darren. <laughs> uh, the guy, you know, Scott Dickerson, you guys recognize him the name sounds really familiar he did dr strange the exorcism oh, of yeah. emily rose oh all right uh he also joined in on the conversations and one of the shows he cannot recommend more strongly is alex garland's devs on hulu i've heard a lot of people say that that's devs. good yeah really? it's, uh, it's a compelling thriller built upon some very advanced science philosophy uh, and philosophy many world theories and the visuals are gorgeous just an amazing show i have heard of this show it's oh okay de- i've seen it pop up on the front page of hulu a couple of times so definitely might be one to check out especially given some from some really talented guys so i'm may not watch any of the fancy schmancy ones because yeah let's be real i that's not my devs may be the one that i might give a shot to yeah and this is yeah i was gonna say the one that i related most with was chopped but that's because i just walk into my kitchen i'm like where's my ice cream maker oh that's right i don't have one (laughs) like dang it i've been fired yeah see i'm less chopped and more nailed it with uh, yes. with my uh, with my binge watching on that because first off I love that show I can't necessarily bake so it's a lot of fun to watch other people who can't bake like when I'm watching I'm not the person who's gonna watch Master Chef I'll watch Master Chef Junior <laughs> because <laughs> hey, it makes me feel better because they're they're helping out the kids and I just am terrible at that so oh, you <laughs> it works can always watch uh, Guy Fieri's Diners Drivers and Dives you're absolutely right I just get jealous of Guy going why can't I drive around and eat everybody's <laughs> Good food <laughs> and eat all of that stuff. I love all of that. <laughs> Let us know what you guys, uh, what you guys are binging. If you're doing some of that high flute and artsy stuff, send that too, and we'll try to figure out what the hell you're watching. Yes. <laughs> and until next time, guys, stay nerdy. Your inner geek wants to come out and play. But where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club.